0: Thanks for listening to the Revival Today podcast with Evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or online at revivaltoday.com. Now, here's Evangelist Jonathan. Somebody shout praise the Lord. Who came to receive from Jesus tonight? Me too. Now, with your hands at your sides, you don't have to lie. How many of you have seen a change of some kind during the first nine days of prayer and fasting or got an answer already and we have more than half the time of prayer and fasting to go. You know, times like this are very key because beyond just the fasting and and prayer, you're keying in to your spirit. You're taking two-thirds of a month and having your spirit be the lead horse in the parade rather than be dragged around by your flesh like most people are their whole life, then hit a pit, and then ask the Lord for help. You're getting direction and clarity for this coming year and for the rest of your life. One word from God, one assignment from God will will change everything. And that's what the Lord's doing during this time. I want my good friend and uh, somebody that God brought into my life who I love very much, Pastor Kofi, who is here all the time and um, has excelled as a pastor and as an executive pastor over all the pastors, and is an anointed man of God that this church is gifted to have. I'm going to have him come up, and I just want to take eight or ten minutes, and uh, we've been doing the prayer during the day, but I want to take time tonight and with our hands lifted, just begin to really go to the Lord in prayer with this anointed music. How many of you appreciate Sister Haddon, anointed worship leader? Welcome, everybody that's watching online. I get those great pictures and videos sent to me all the time, people watching in their homes with their children. It's wonderful. Been joined by an extra thousand plus people a night online, up from about a hundred and some this time last year. This has been phenomenal. And so, Brother Kofi, come and join me. And let's pray. I'm gonna be praying too. Don't let anybody do your praying for you. Praying is not squinting and being reverent. They used to say a thing when I was in growing up in church that we'd like everyone to be in an attitude of prayer. I'm still trying to figure out what that is. There's just praying. There's praying and not praying. So we're going to pray. And one thing I'm so proud of this church is this church prays. If you say in this church, everybody pray, it doesn't get quiet. It gets loud. Amen. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Go ahead.
1: Magnify the name of the Lord. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We adore you. There is none like you in all the earth. There is none like you in all the earth. We bless your holy name We bless your holy name. We adore you. You are good You are good You are a good father You are a good god You are a good father you are a good god We bless your name 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 Father we bless your name we thank you for all the goodness you bring into our lives we thank you for your wonderful works we thank you for the gift of life we thank you for healing in our bodies we thank you oh God just bless the Lord tonight Bless the Lord tonight. Bless the Lord tonight. Kimandose Le Pantele Balagadosh. Ishandeza Landeli Bay. Father, we bless your name. Kialandosa Likandadaba. E Pampaya Labandosha. E kayalabandosa, let's celebele Andelebe And telebelegados. zila Ikaya la ba, zentelebe legedosa. Ikaya la bandosa, leseke delebe Ipaya la bandosa Ikaya la ba, zelebe lebe Andelebe lebe, la laba. Ikaya la bandosa, leke dalbada Ikaya la ba, zeteleba la bandosa and Ikayalaba, little Antelebe, he kaya la bas, the tender lebe. And the lebe, kaya zilabanda Ante le bele gadosa. Ika yala laba. I pampaya laba belebe. yala yele belebe. Ikaya la bande l'église I want us to look at this scripture tonight whilst we are praying, contending with what God has spoken concerning our lives for this year. Amen. The Bible says that therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us. Whatever would ensnare us from eating of what god has prepared whatever will stop us from partaking on god's feast or being part of what god has prepared for us this year anger whatever it might be father in the name of jesus as we pray tonight let it blast out of our lives in jesus name Whatever would block, would stop, would hinder me from walking into God's prophetic plan for my life this year. Let it be broken, utterly destroyed in the name of Jesus. Now lift up your voice and pray. E pampaya Labosa, le pampaya Ikaya la bandosa Intelebelegedo sele pampaya Eh pampaya la gadosa Eka Antelebe pampaya la gadosa Eh bandosa leka pampaya Andelebelegedosa Ikaya la base debele Ikaya la bande lebeza I pompa yala gadosa Yeso tetelebe Yandelebelela gadosa Andelebelegedosa The Bible said in Second Timothy chapter two verse twenty. The Bible said in a great house, they are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also vessels also of wood and clay. Some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself, himself from the latter, he would be made a vessel of honor. Listen, doing a twenty-one day fasting is showing God that oh God, I have, I'm separating myself as a vessel of honor. I want you to put one hand on top of your head and declare, I am a vessel of honor. So God, in this year, let me be used for honorable things in Jesus' name. Let me be used for honorable things in Jesus' name. Now lift up your voice and pray. Let me be used for honorable things in Jesus' name. Let me be used for honorable things. My life shall bring honor to the kingdom of God. My life shall bring honor to my church. My life shall bring honor to my family. My life shall bring honor to my community. My life shall bring honor to my nation. He can't I will live a life of honor. I am a vessel of honor. I am ready for the master's use, in the mighty name of Jesus. I am ready to show forth His glory, in the name of Jesus. I am ready to manifest His goodness, in the name of Jesus. I am a vessel of honor. I would bring joy and not pain. I would bring joy and not pain. I heal the sick in the name of Jesus. I want you to pray. Say, Father. Say, Father. In the name of Jesus. This year, 2023, everything I touch, I declare blessed. Now lift up your voice and pray. That everything I touch is blessed in the mighty name of Jesus. I am blessed when I go out. I am blessed when I come in. Now lift those hands one more time. Father, let every person receive that
0: which they've desired from you today. And we thank you for a year unlike any other year. In Jesus' precious name, we give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. For it's to you and you alone who it's due. In Jesus' name. All God's people said amen. Give the Lord a great hand clap. You can be seated. I want you, if you have your Bibles, open it with me to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua the first chapter. This is a key scripture for your entire life in in Christianity. Joshua 1, verse 1. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and said, Moses, my servant, is dead. But the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land that I'm giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you'll be on land that I've, pro- that I've given to you. Wherever you set your foot, you'll already be on land that I've given you. Not I'll give you the land that you set your foot on. Everywhere you set your foot, you'll be on land that I've given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will never fail you, and I'll never abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swear to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. That's a key verse. Follow this book of instruction. Be careful to obey all the instruction Moses gave you. It says in the New Living. Do not deviate from it, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Say this out loud. The Bible is a book of instruction. Some people see it as a book of promises. It's a covenant book. It's a book of instruction that if you play your part, then God automatically plays his part. It's not waiting on God to come through. That's a lot of, a lot of preaching that I don't, I don't understand. You know, i been just waiting on God. As if we do, have done everything perfect and we have this slow dawdling God who doesn't know what he's doing. And we just got to wait on him to get, the, the, to get with the program. That's not the Bible. The Bible is that God, all things have been per, per, uh, provided that pertain to life and godliness. Then God said, if you follow this book of instruction, like I told you to do, and don't deviate from it. Everybody say, don't deviate. Well, I know the Bible says every Sunday you're to be in the house of the Lord, but two out of four is not bad. Don't deviate from it. People mess up because they they have it fit their life or their culture, and there's where the problems come in. I told you a story of a lady that asked for help on Instagram to me. You know, uh, my my husband and I hit a financial crisis, and uh, we could use some help if you could help us. We're tithing members of your ministry, though we live in another state. And I said, Something's wrong, is what I wrote back. Because there's no way for that to happen. Now, I'm dealing with this. Not, that lady might be watching. I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad, but there's a lot of people that feel that way. My case is different. There's a scripture verse no temptation has come your way except that which is common to men. I'm under a, a major demonic attack. No, you're under a common attack. No temptation has come your way except that which is common to men. People face the same things in life, same devil, same demons. And the devil, if he has his way, wants you to raise your situation as being some unconquerable, no, I know the Bible says it, but with me, no. You need to flip it and have a severe disrespect for your opposition and a severe respect for the word of God and the power that you have for you. Can you say amen? amen. And so uh, the lady said, "We're now, from the Bible, if you don't deviate from these instructions... You will be successful, not in most of the things you do, or you'll be successful for a lot of your life, but then at the same time, sometimes things just don't work out and we don't understand. No, that's not what it said. God said, if you won't deviate from these instructions, then it guarantees your success in everything you do. Marriage, child raising, business endeavors, personal life, soundness of mind, physical health, it covers the totality of life. So I don't, I'm not trying to be condemning to people. And again, if it's somebody that's been saved like a week, but this person that wrote me wrote something about my husband and I had been in the ministry. So it's a little different if you know better. So I, I, don't tell me that you've been doing everything and God messed up. As for God, Job said his way is perfect. When Job was going through the roughest time of his life, you couldn't get him to say one bad thing about God. Can you say amen? And then that, that's the flip of most people. It's not, No, I'm, I'm basically a saint, and i got this God that just, I can't figure him out, but late in the midnight hour. No. Even when he broke Paul and Silas out of prison late in the midnight hour, they were thrown in prison around 11 o'clock. So it wasn't an excuse to be in there 13 years. Can you say amen? I'm preaching this to you tonight because there's nothing that's dogged you or plagued you in life that you can't come out of before, before we hit February 1st. And I want you to set your faith and expectation that way. Say it out loud. I'm coming out, I'm coming out of all failure, of all failure. Permanently. permanently. So I said, something's wrong. You're leaving something out. You're a tithing member of our ministry from another state. And uh, I said, where do you work? And she, uh, she said, uh, my husband and I, I'm trying to think where the, we weren't working. Okay. So, so you took a little break from your covenant." So you, everything in life is seed time and harvest. You start planting seeds of disobedience, you reap a harvest at some point, and what you're enjoying today is a product of seeds you've sown in the past. That's why it's important as God gives you success to not take your foot off the gas. All that I'm enjoying right now was produced by whatever I've done in years past. So if I start coasting on that now, that would be like having somebody give you a $90,000 settlement and quitting your job. I got a ton of money. Yeah, but you're not going too soon because there has to be a constant intake of finances because there's a constant, I don't care how frugally you live, you have to spend money every day to live. And it's the same. You have to continually be sowing seeds, accessing the blessing of God because you'll never hit the top with God. God always has a new top. He told Solomon, Solomon, I'll make you rich. Solomon was already rich. And God said, I know you think you're rich. I got a different level of riches if you'll keep going. If you stay back and are content with what you have, then you hit a rough pick. Well, we weren't working. All right, that's a problem. Then secondly, I wrote, where do you go to church? Well, we were betrayed at our last church, so for the last three years, we were betrayed. Who are you, Julius Caesar? <laughs> these people have these words, you know, hashtag church hurt. I was hurt in church. Well, get un- unhurt. I can't imagine somebody hurting my feelings and making life decisions based on it. I can't imagine sitting Adonis and Camila down. Where are we going to church this Sunday? We're not anymore. Because there was a, Jeff said something to me. It's not what he said. It was the way he said it. And it kind of stung. And so I'm just going to take a little break on my covenant with God. Nobody, nobody can get me to come off of this book. Nobody can do it. Because my commitment and my covenants with God. So I deal with people along the way. (laughs) We told you the story a little while back when we did, our outdoor crusade in Asbury Park, New Jersey, the LGBT community, because I planned it in June, which I was not planning it in June as like a slap in the face to gay pride month. I was born in 1980 when it was just June. So when I'm looking over my calendar to plan our crusades for the year, first of all, if you're going to do an outdoor crusade in New Jersey, you basically have five months of seasonal weather that you can be outside. And then one of those months is June. So when we're looking over and planning our crusades, I'm going, now what are we going to be doing for Gay Pride Month? I just thought, what, you know, June, it's New Jersey. Let's go. Well, they they found out, the LGBT community, that I'm planning an outdoor crusade in June to preach the gospel. It wasn't an anti-gay event, but they they swung it that way. We had 23 churches that had signed up to help with the crusade and the follow-up. When when the opposition started to come, they started to write newspaper. In fact, you can pull it up on NJ.com, NewJersey.com, NJ.com. It says, everyone is welcome in Asbury Park except this hateful evangelist. And they found a picture of me like this. (laughs) So when that happened, everybody started jumping ship. And then of the 21 of the 23 churches bailed on the crusade, and then of the 21, 17 participated in the LGBT crusade or or counter-rally they had across the street trying to drown out our crusade. Now, thank God, so their plan was, when I got the mic, they were going to play Born This Way by uh, Lady Gaga, and they had this sound system they got from like a local music store. Devin, that's doing sound back there, he had the same sound system that we have at the um, Dome. And so when they started playing Born This Way, when I took the mic, he went like this to me. And then when I said, praise the Lord, you couldn't even hear anything that was going on in the New Jer- Jersey, New York metro area. So I say that because what do you do? What do you do when you hit opposition? I'll tell you what I didn't do. I'm not out of the ministry today Go. I tried in evangelism. And you know, back then, that was 2016, I hadn't hit my breakthrough. I didn't, ha- I didn't have money. Why are you amening me not hitting my breakthrough? You're ha- rooting against me. I don't understand the amen. I uh, I hadn't hit my breakthrough. The test we didn't have this building, all the things that we hear us testify about, I hadn't had a sniff of it yet. We were we were, I won't say barely getting by, but that was actually the the year where we were supposed to run out of money for the amount of crusades that we planned and the amount of money we had coming in. I'll tell you what I didn't do when all that happened. I'm not sitting in a room somewhere, unemployed, and so. like, Jonathan, didn't you used to preach? I remember you from Youth Camp. Somebody sees me at a grocery store. I remember you from Youth Camp. What are you doing now? Yeah, don't talk to me about that. Those Christians all turned on me. I used to be an evangelist, and you know what I had happen? I had 21 of the 23 pastors quit. 17 of them went against me. So I, no. You never define your life by a defeat. And that wasn't a defeat. We went full bore, grew the crowd, had people saved. You never allow, because my life has been shaped by Joshua chapter 1. Wherever I put my feet on the ground, I'm on land that God's given to me. And if you do, Joshua, what I tell you to do, I will give you good success in everything you do. What has the enemy used in the past to get you to quit? I promised myself I'll never get married again. So you're living with a woman, you're going to go to hell. Like, yeah, but you should have seen my first wife. Well, that was your first one. You didn't know what you were doing. You can't set the way you're going to live Based on a mistake in the past. And that's what people do. Don't set your life and define it by tragedy. Don't define it by a failure. Define your life by Joshua chapter 1. That if I have, and remember, Joshua's going through an extremely difficult time right now. The man that he was his hero, his admiral, the one that he role himself after, died. Now it's your time to take the reins. That's a tall order. When Brother Schambach called you to take over his Chicago crusade when he needed help, that's a tall order. It's nice following the guy that's in charge and enjoying him doing what he's doing. If Rodney Howard Brown called me while they were building that thing and said, listen, I'm going to heaven. I need you to finish this building. I, ee, I liked when you were doing it. That's, that's how Joshua was. Joshua was second in command. And God basically said, quit sulking. Moses isn't coming back. It's your time to step up and lead the people. There's some people, maybe not in this building, but watching online, maybe some in this building. There comes a time where you have to realize, it's my time now to step up. There's people in their mid-50s still talking about what their parents did and didn't do for them. It's my t- Okay, turn the page. Yes. I never had a father. How old are you? 63. Okay. Well, your adolescence has ended, and now it's time to, 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 to make up your mind. Now, listen, I'm... If Kofi were to ever share his testimony about what he's had and not had in life and how he is now, dressed better than me, with much nicer shoes than me. I know because I bought them for him. It was a love gift for being my helper for a long time in the ministry. What he had and didn't have. If somebody wanted to sit around, that Bible's not true. I never had any of that. And then for somebody to grab a hold of this thing and turn it around is a sign that anybody that wants to, this thing works for. Now notice something. When God told Joshua, wherever the sole of your foot shall tread, you'll be on land that I've given to you. I'll give you good success. I I wrote that on um, Facebook one time back when people used Facebook. And somebody wrote, yeah, but God was speaking to Joshua. Yeah, but notice Joshua wrote it down in perpetuity. When he was writing it down, God didn't say, yeah, what are you writing it down? This is between me and you. The Bible says, that's what the Bible means when it says, none of these scriptures are for private interpretation. They're given as examples or examples to all of us that what what I say to one, I say to all. So the reason this is written in scripture is yes, God was telling Joshua this under this covenant for his assignment. But when it comes to you and your assignment, whatever it is, if you keep the terms of this covenant. And don't vary it. Very few people miss it because they just will flat out not obey, especially in a prayer and fasting service on a Tuesday night. Now, I don't believe in any of that. You wouldn't be here. You'd be over at Pramani's, not starving and praying. So the way people miss it in America, by and large, is not by rejecting, I don't believe any of that. It's that they start altering it to fit them. But if you'll take it, like and in your mind, just pretend you're a first century Christian. Or you're in, I'm going to read this like God wrote it to me. I'm not going to make any allowances for my culture. I'm not going to read it through a Baptist lens. I'm not going to read it through an Assemblies of God lens. I'm not going to read it through any lens. I'm going to read this thing like God wrote it to me. Let me tell you. There's there's a theologian I was listening to who's from a Southern Baptist background. He said there's no way that you could read this with no input from outside sources and tell me that God isn't a God of miracles or miracles aren't for today. People told you that. But if you'll read the Bible, Joshua, wherever the sole of your foot shall tread, you'll be on land that I've given you. If you keep the terms of the covenant, don't disobey it. Then I will give you good success in everything you do. So getting back to that lady, where do you go to church? We haven't for three years. See, you think you have a money problem, but you have a covenant-keeping problem. There's a lady. I don't know that she's here tonight. She messaged me from another state. In fact, I preached in her state. She came to the meetings, and then I came to fi- find out. She lived in her car at a gas station in that state. Home, You know, basically homeless. Well, homeless, just with transportation. And then... She was saying how much she enjoyed watching online. She'd watch on her phone. I said, "Well, why don't you come to Pittsburgh, and be a part of our church?" She said, "We don't have churches out here. I would love to attend your church, but I live in this certain state." Well, you, yeah, you live there, but so I wrote. But you know me, I wrote back. We have gas station parking lots too. Nice one, Sheets is the finest gas station parking lot you'll find. So just mo- get your car and mosey on over to Pennsylvania, and come to church here. What's the difference? And she wrote LOL and it took a couple weeks then she messaged me I'm here now this is not a young lady this is a, this is a lady around I don't know how old my age at the youngest 50s maybe and that's a big change to make when you've lived in one state your whole life then she comes here well then when people come here we send them to Magalis and Patrick and Kofi get a job well, I'm just believing God will provide that's great as you're doing that get a job you'll find how much more quickly your prayers get answered That God will provide. Working, say this out loud, hard work work. is part of the covenant. Ministers are to work hard. They're to be laborers in God's field. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. It's not a choice between living by faith or working hard and getting paid. It's getting God to anoint you. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. Always remember it is the Lord your God who giveth thee to... Power to create wealth. Not power for wealth to show up in the mail. Power to create wealth. That God will make you the best in what you do. So I don't know who who, who dealt with this lady on, on our staff. It wasn't me. But she got a job at McDonald's. First job like that she ever had. Wow. And she starts working. I don't remember if we set her up with an apartment or not or if she got it herself. Do you remember, Rachel? We did. We did. So I did, we did do that. I forgot. We got her an apartment to get her started so she didn't have to live in the car. You know, the old golden rule. Do it, do it to others as you would have others do it to you. So the apartment. And then she started getting paid. And then as all these other companies, since people lost their minds during the lockdown, they can't keep people hired. So she starts ascending till now she's manager or, or, or assistant manager and making good money. And she was sending me pictures of the inside of her apartment and the groceries in the, in the refrigerator. When I see somebody do that... And then I get a message from other people, and I know that lady's background. You know, a lot of times when somebody ends up in a car at a gas station, it's not because they had Ward and June Cleaver as their two parents. So if somebody can flip that at that age, then don't tell me that someone's in a pit that they can't. You take practical steps. I want you, the last thing I want as a pastor is to raise up an auditorium full of space cadets that can't function in society. I want a room full of people that know how there should never be a disconnect between your Christianity and your domination out in life. We should be landowners. We should be business owners. The school boards should be set by the people that know and fear their God. Yes, this earth is not our home. And we are waiting to get out of here, and I'm looking forward to it. But until we do, we're to occupy until he comes. And God has given you an occupying anointing to take ground everywhere you go. This prayer and fasting, I want you as the Lord speaks to you. To take practical steps, write things in your Bible, real business acquisition, real land acquisition, real property acquisition. We have plans. I haven't got an update yet, and I'm not looking for one, Patrick. But we're we're moving to have our own federal credit union out of this church. You know that that's not not a spirit credit union, not a. Um, one well, that if you squint real hard you can see it like an actual credit union that you can put actual money in they needed the government wanted to uh, to show proper interest that there were at least 200 people interested how many people filled out the survey roughly 2300 from all around the country I mean we had people contact us let us know as soon as it opens um, and then all that PayPal stuff started happening with fines if you post things they don't like on social media it's right for it so in the future, if the banking system turns against the church like it has in other countries, it won't affect us. We have our own bank. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? Why complain about the school board when, you could, when God could give you a plan to be on it? Wherever the soul of the foot shall tr- What's the theme for this year that the Lord gave me? Possess the land. Out of what scripture? Psalm what? 37. The righteous shall possess the land. The void of leadership and the void of productivity that's in this nation should be filled by the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We 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 started last year with 14 full-time employees and we went up to about 34. In a time where you heard everybody saying, we can't hire anybody. I don't know, we, there's no one that wants to work. No. We live in this world, but we're not of this world. We don't share the problems of this world. While the world's going in one direction, we'll go in another direction. Can you say amen? Now, I'm mentioning these things because this is not a crusade. These are fasting and prayer meetings. Many people that are here are not only members of this church, but committed members of this church. Paul said, when you give, and I'm not receiving an offering right now. Paul said, when you give to the Philippian church, the grace that you see function on my life will function on your life. And so I want you to know how this church, the grace that's on this church that you're tapped into. Last year, as we went into 2022... 2021 was our record year. 7.1 million dollars came into the ministry. Then last year in a recession with looming war between Ukraine and Russia with gas prices going up at $7 with them predicting it to go to 10 which anybody says well people aren't going to drive to church we went from 7.1, I thought it was to 14.4, but Patrick just finished the numbers. It's closer to 15.2 million dollars that came in in one year, up from the record of seven, up from the record of five, up from three. When I so I'm telling you that because I don't live in a fake world. To me, that Bible is is not a it's not real. It's not real if it doesn't affect real life. Any faith. That doesn't work in real life and produce actual results is fake counterfeit faith. The Bible produces, I don't believe in, you know, metaphorical healing, the same power that opens the eyes of the blind, unstops the literal ears of the deaf, makes the literal lame to walk. That power gets in your money. That power gets in your home. That power gets in your body. That's the power that we're accessing now, and we're not doing it so we can enjoy it. And then go back to normal, and I'm all for dancing. You saw me crying last night with my eyes out? My daughter getting touched. I, 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 I'd pay a lot of money for something like that, but God does it for free, those kind of encounters. I'm not knocking that, but then once you get that, You better get up off the floor and go kick the devil's behind out there by that power that worketh mightily on the inside of you. I see you taking ground in 2023 out of the hand of the devil in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, if you receive it, clap those hands again. Give the Lord a mighty shout. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I'll never fail you. I'll never abandon you. Be strong and courageous. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swear to their ancestors I would give them. Now this sounds arrogant, but it is in the Bible. So I'm going to have you say it. Say, I'm the one. I'm the one. At some point it's got to dawn on you that there's no MacGyver or Rambo coming to save you. That you have to do it. There was a time... I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this, I've brought it up before. When they started closing churches down in 2020, obviously I didn't have a church. I wasn't pastoring, had no plans of pastoring. But on principle, I thought, well, surely there's going to be 250 pastors that rise up in Philadelphia or in Pennsylvania and take care of this legally. It's illegal. And I uh, didn't see anybody, and I waited. I thought, well, maybe they're like meeting in back rooms. They're going to launch their assault once they have all their I's dotted and T's crossed. And there was no one. I started reading the opposite, top churches that I thought would be the ones that spearheaded the legal challenge. Well, actually, this is a time where Jesus said to love our neighbor, and right now le- loving our neighbor means wearing a mask and uh, closing church down till somebody says we can open it up again. And so I went up to pray, and this scripture came to me: "Now is the time for you to lead these people. There's no one coming." So I said, "Well, Father, if I'm going to do this, I don't have a lawyer. I don't know anything about that. And we had already announced with Pastor Terry Drost up in Scranton that we were going to do a, an Easter service. I said, well, you need to fix me up with a lawyer that, that's a fighter that, that that believes in this stuff. And uh, I finished praying. Yeah, it doesn't always happen like this, but it does happen. I finished praying, and I went on Twitter, and I had a direct message from Harmeet Dillon that's on Fox uh Tucker Carlson heads around all the time I saw the Easter service you're planning If you want legal representation Call this rep of mine That works for my firm in Maryland Who that lawyer is a constitutional lawyer And I, I, I asked him after we had talked a few times I said why do you care so much about this He said I'm a preacher's kid I care about this So we filed the paperwork And Governor Wolf Specifically exempted all churches from that point on And never moved You know I never thought I'd be doing that at 38 years old, I was waiting for some somebody that wasn't me <laughs> to do it. People are always waiting for help from somebody. But the Bible lets you know, A, Christ has redeemed you. B, you're now in him and he's in you. And you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. That's, that actually, when I did that, just kind of changed me because that's the same thing with the bank. How come some Christian doesn't open up their own bank so we don't have to use it? Okay, well, I fit the, quality, the criteria. Some Christian. Why doesn't somebody do something? You asking why doesn't somebody do something will keep it in that realm forever. That's probably, in 1 Samuel 17, what all the Israelite soldiers were saying to each other, Every time Goliath came and blasphemed God for 40 days. Someone should do something about that. But you don't read about any of those guys. You read about a 17-year-old who came on the field and said, I'm going to do something about that. Yeah, but you're not qualified. You're not even in the military. He's been in the military since he a boy. Not important to me. This is not going to happen under my watch. Now, you have a short goal in this life. Life is but a vapor, the Bible says. Here today and gone tomorrow. You can spend 50 years rehearsing what you did and didn't have growing up, or you can make up your mind, I'm going to get a hold of this blessing that God put on me. I'm going to hear his voice. What's my lane? What do you have for me to do? Father, what is my part of the great commission of the building of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ in my generation? Am I going to leave my generation worse than I found it? Am I going to tell? That's what I was thinking when we filed those lawsuits. Am I going to tell Camila one day, who was six at the time? You know, when you were real little, you probably don't remember, we used to go to church every Sunday, and there were more than 20 people allowed in. Sometimes we'd have over 1,000. I'm not telling stories like that. The smallest Christianity will be in this nation will be when I was born, and I'm going to see to it that the biggest it ever is is when I leave the earth. I'm not leaving my generation the way I found it. Now, getting on that path, now look already. We're one year in. We were seven months in. I told you we are going to do 40 days of glory, 40 straight services. And I told you it's not about how many people come or don't come. These are meetings to overturn things in the United States. Roe versus Wade flipped. The EPA thing that they were going to use to shut down farms and food production. So you eat some kind of cricket-based industrial sludge for the rest of your life. Shut down. One victory after another victory after another victory. Because God, listen now. God doesn't need you to outnumber the devil's crowd. It wasn't just Goliath. Goliath had an army of men behind him. And D- David said, Today I'm going to cut off your head. The Lord will deliver you into my hand. And then all the men behind him were standing there. People, yeah, what about once you do it? What are you going to do about all those guys? David said, When I'm done with you, I'll go after them. And he won that great victory because he was convinced that if God is for you, nobody can be against you. That's part of that blessing in Joshua 1. No one will stand before you as long as you live. Didn't say they won't try. But like David had no respect for Goliath, you have to learn not to look at people in the flesh. Do you know who he is? Yeah, he's a person who has chosen to oppose the will of God in our generation. I hope he gets saved. I hope she gets saved. But if she wants to stand in the path of the advancement of the gospel that he does, then God is not going to have me take a back seat to the enemies of the church. Can you say amen? Yeah. And everybody, going I'll go further back. The first, first time that I got on this path that I'm preaching to you was uh, in Philadelphia. I was preaching at a church. Adonis and I had just come back from Hawaii, so my, my sleep schedule was all messed up. So dinner time over there was like 2 in the morning here. So I'd finish preaching at like 10.30, and then, uh, don't get nervous, I'm going to get finished sooner than that. <laughs> and then I'd, we'd go back to our hotel, and I'd start getting hungry at like 1.30 in the morning, 2 in the morning. So I said to Adonis, I said, why don't I go out to Gino's and grab us a, a couple of cheesesteaks? We were in our 20s. You can do that then. <laughs> why, don't, why don't I grab us a couple of cheesesteaks, and, and we'll eat them? She said, all right. So I said, you stay here, and I'll, I'll go out. Because if you're going to go out in Philadelphia at 1 in the afternoon, you need to have your head on the swivel. 1 in the morning, you need to really pay attention. So I'm going out, and it really hit me for the first time. Just watching all these guys my age scratching their face and muttering F-words to themselves, totally demonized. And I'm thinking, that guy's my age. That would be me if it wasn't for three people. Jesus, Tiff Shuttlesworth, and Judy Shuttlesworth. He never, I guarantee you, that guy didn't have the parents I had, and he doesn't know about Jesus. And how come I have the parents I have? Because somebody got the gospel to my family. And I was thinking as I'm walking, somebody needs to do something about this. This is wrong. Obviously, it can't be me, Lord. I'm exempting myself. I'm just starting off in the ministry. Certainly, you have better people than me. And so I uh, preached the next night, and because it was still in my spirit, it popped out in my preaching. I said, you know, I was walking to Geno's last night, and I said, this city is a mess. Well, I learned that night that's not a way to win a crowd over. It's to come from another city and tell them their city's a mess. People looking at me, yeah, we never asked you to be here. So I kept talking. I said, somebody needs to do something about that. And when I said somebody needs to do something about it, I got convicted the same as if I had let a curse word slip. Because God never opens your eyes to something so that somebody else can do something about it. God opens your eyes to something for you to do something about it. So when I got convicted, when I said someone needs to do something about it, you know why I said someone? Our year's income that year in full-time ministry wouldn't have been enough to pay for one crusade. Now, this is a crusade on top of our yearly expenses. I, don't, I, can't, I can't do it. But you can't look at things in the natural. When God opens your eyes to something, he has his own provision. I actually didn't know what I was getting myself as much as I thought I did because it's five years later than this story I'm telling or seven years. I, I thought I knew what I was getting myself into starting a church. I did not. I didn't know that to have a building like this, if, if there were no miracles involved, would take four to five years if we moved quickly. Raising the money, all that. But what, what happened was, starting seven years ago, I started to develop this confidence in God and realize it's not up to me to pay for it. It's not up to me to make it happen. It's up to me just to put my feet on the battlefield and then watch the Lord fight your battles. The battle is not yours. It is the Lord's. And if you'll move forward in faith, you'll never have to build for God. God will build for you. You'll never have to fight for God. You'll watch God fight for you. He's simply looking for somebody that will have faith to put their feet on the battlefield. Go where people won't go. Do what people won't do. That's how you separate yourself from the rest of your generation. So when, when I said somebody needs to do something about it, and the crowd glared at me, I said, you know what? I'm going to do something about it. I said, I'm going to cue up the, cue up, um, which one should we play? Cue up the Augustine clip from that Philadelphia crusade so people that don't know can see what I'm talking about. I'll play it in a little bit. So I'd never done any outdoor crusade. You know, when you're an evangelist, you get invited places. They have the building, they have the sound system, and you come, and then they give you an honorarium or whatever. You never have to do this kind of thing. If you're like an American evangelist, it's, it's not the crusade type. And so the Lord was adding this to me too. There's nobody to send your receipts to. There's nobody to give your travel reimbursement to. It's your meeting. So it's a different level of faith. I had never done that before. And so I said, you know what? to this crowd at church. I'm going to do something about it. I said, I'm going to get a sound system and put it in downtown Philadelphia and I'm going to preach till someone arrests me to have, for having a meeting with no permit. I said, because th- this has to stop and I'm going to do it. I feel like the Lord's put that on my heart. So I go home that night. Adolph and uh, Camila went up to bed and I said, I'll be up shortly. And I walked around, whatever it was, Residence in, Marriott Residence Inn, and I walked around two laps around the hotel, and I prayed. Now, I'm going to tell you something about prayer. Prayer, say this, prayer is from the heart. Prayer is from the heart. What did Jesus say? Don't think you're heard because of your multitude of words. That's how the heathen pray. They have things they chant. You know, I'm not knocking other churches or or faiths or denominations, but you reading a prayer from a prayer book, Say this out loud. I'm God's child. child. Do I want Camila to come to me at dinner time? Gracious Father, thank you for this meal. I'm endlessly and eternally grateful for... I say, could you put that down and be normal? I don't need... I don't have to read a prayer. I walked around the hotel twice and basically prayed like this, at this pace, in this tone. Father... You've opened my eyes to this thing in Philadelphia. I have zero ability to do anything about it without your help. But I thank you that I have your help. Now, you said in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, because he said, put me in remembrance, present your strong reason, so you pray the word. You said that you're, you're not wanting any to perish, so you're giving more time for everyone to, be, to repent and be saved. And so the only thing you want are souls. If I have, and I'm telling you what I said, I said if I had 100 people come to the altar to receive Jesus Christ every night, and 50 of them were new people, that would be, if you do the math, that would be 15,000 new decisions for Christ every year in a country of 350 million, you wouldn't even notice anything happen. But you have the ability to give me as many souls in one night as it would take to do that for three months. And I'm asking you to make it happen. I said to the Lord, I said, my uncle's not president of the Southern Baptist Convention that he can make me the Southern Baptist National Evangelist and pay for crusades. I don't have any help except you. And I'm putting in a request that you'll open a door for me to be able to do that. If you do, I'm going to make you a few promises. I'll go on no rants from the platform. I'll do what Philip did. I'll preach Christ to the people in the crusades. I'll give altar calls for people to get saved. And I won't do anything goofy. Give me a shot, please. In Jesus' name, amen. And I went up to my room. Oh, the last thing I said. I said, I may not be your first choice, but how many guys do you have walking around at midnight around the parking lot right now? So I am here if you'd like to use me. So it's like if you run a construction job. You might have, if no one shows up for work and your least favorite guy's there, at least someone's there. So I I just threw that in to maybe give God a little laugh. Then I went up and uh, went to bed. I go to the noon service and David Farina... Pastor David Farina from Fairless Hills was 79 at the time. He ran down the center aisle and said, Jonathan, you're not going to believe what just happened. He said, somebody was watching you last night from the Philadelphia City Council, and they heard you say that you're going to go down and preach till you get arrested. So I thought, oh, so what now? They're going to preemptively arrest me? That sounds like it's (laughs) it's actionable. I'm I'm on video saying I'm going to do something illegal. He said, that lady said, we have a Pentecostal evangelist, went to city council this morning and said, we have a Pentecostal evangelist that's here in our city. He's upset about the drug crisis, which I guess they were just having a meeting about. And he wants to preach and pray for people. I think we should help him. So they want to meet with you as soon as you can to get this going. Now, that's the point where even as a faith preacher, you go, oh my God, this thing's real. So? Catch as much of this story as you can, because if, if you do, you'll get an impartation. So this, this is uh, April, and I only have one clearing in my schedule for the rest of the year, which was in August, so that's not, not rocket science when to make the crusade. So the lady that wants to meet with me, that's the, the rep, is a black Muslim. I know you're not supposed to say that, but she was black and she was a Muslim. So I go down to where her office is, and I said, and I w- you know I don't live in Philadelphia. As you know, we live here. It's six hours away. And so I'm in town. This is the time to meet. As soon, let me tell you something. When the Lord opens a door, walk through it within 24 hours. Okay, one day we'll, I'll be No, move. Everybody say move. move. If you'll get with it. God likes fast people. Reinhardt Bonnke said, God runs with the runners, he doesn't sit with the sitters. Rodney Howard Brown was here last year in April. April seems to be the, the time God drops the crusade plans, come to think of it. What did he say? Same thing as last night. I see a stadium in this city filled with people. There's risers, then there's a field, then there's a stage. Describing exactly Pittsburgh Riverhounds Stadium. So a year later, what am I saying? I know that was prophesied, and I know one day we're going to fill a stadium. No. We got on it immediately. And so what happens? What happens? If you're faithful with what is given, God to that servant, God will give more and they'll have an abundance. I'm not going to be talking 20 years ago, but 20 years from now, how I received the word, one day it's going to happen. When the Lord opens things up. What opened up for my wife? First day she went on the fast. First time ever. She gets contacted by Daystar Television. They want to have you as a guest on the program. Not me, her. So I know it's short notice. Big deal. Make it happen. If they open it up, go. Amen. We're, uh, the, the, the two ladies from Michigan, stand up so people can see you. you get, give everybody a wave. Drove down from Michigan. You know where they saw us? Daystar. You know why? Because when the door opened up, you move through it. You don't keep waiting. The Bible says, in the, thank you for being here. Give our friends that drove all the way or flew from there. The Bible says it's either in Proverbs or Ecclesiastes. I should, I'll just say Solomon said If you wait, in the New Living Translation, if you wait for conditions to be perfect, you'll never get anything done. Even even going on Daystar, I wanted to go on. I asked to go on, and they said, no, we have no no room. Then a bunch of stuff happened, and I get contacted by Jonathan Lamb in in January. We'd love to have you on. We had an hour pop open on Mondays, and so it's a lot of money because you reached 97% of the homes in America. In fact, somebody just sent me a video today of them watching me in in, uh, Northern England or whatever. And so, when that, that happened during the fest. I pay attention to stuff that happens during the fest. When you're minding your own business, praying in this room, and somebody for some reason wants to do X and wants to know if you're interested, unless I get a red light in my spirit, I pay attention to it. So, I said, from lack of faith, I told Patrick, I said... Let's do half an hour. Because we only had the money, we didn't even have the money for half an hour in a budget in the budget. This is a big extra expense, but it's to get the gospel out to a ton of places. I said, let's do half an hour. And then I think if you could scroll the text back, it sounded like Patrick was having a conversation with a schizophrenic. Let's do half an hour. No, let's do the full hour. You know why I thought that? Because God didn't open up half an hour. He opened up an hour. So if I can't afford half an hour, what? Might as, well just, <laughs> might as well just run the plane straight into the ground. But we didn't run the plane into the ground. When you keep going through the open door, the provision is waiting for you on the battlefield. Because Christ is in you, you're much bigger than you think you are. Your brain can operate at a much higher level than you think it can. Stop pinning yourself in. Every barrier that life has set in your advancement, God is going to anoint you to break every one of those barriers and shatter every one of those walls in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ. If you believe it, shall I receive it? Amen. That kid is gonna li- now is gonna limit the amount of ch- the churches you can attend. You're pretty much stuck with Pentecostals. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah! When God opens a door, have the faith to walk through it. Amen. There's things I'm telling you this, and it sounds rebuking because my face looks mean because I haven't eaten, but I'm very happy. <laughs> there are actual there's actually people here that if the thing you're praying for, if God gave it to you, you wouldn't have faith to pick it up. If he opened the door, you're praying for it to open, you wouldn't have faith to walk through it. You, you, you'd, you'd hesitate. That's people. How do you have God part a Red Sea and walk through and go, I don't know if we can take Jericho? Let me tell you something. If I walked through that Red Sea and got through to the other side, I'd be like, let's go. Let's just take the whole thing today. <laughs> while we're hot. Can you say Amen. amen. But there's people, and you see it, it's human nature. When Jerry Savelle was here, he preached on it. That that's what was ticking God off. He kept saying, after all I've done for you, after I parted the Red Sea, after I moved Pharaoh out of the way, after I fed you with man in the waters, you still are going to question whether I can do this? Is there anything that's too hard for the Lord? God doesn't get insulted by you believing Him for too much. He gets insulted when you don't believe Him at all and don't believe He can do it. Get your faith set big. This is going to be the best year that you've ever had. When God opens a door and you don't have enough money to do the thing in the natural, walk through and see if you go broke or not. I've been trying to go broke for seven years. Very diff- very hard. Very hard. God is not a practical joker. He doesn't open up opportunities for you to... Eh, see, He took the bait. No. So as much as I thought, there's no way we can pay for a crusade in Philadelphia. It's going to cost $80,000, and I took in $140,000 last year. I, I, I can't do that. And now, see, when the and I first started... I didn't really care if we went broke because she's all in with me. If we had to go, if we couldn't pay our rent, we got kicked out and had to go live in a state park or whatever, like the murder victims on forensic files. No big deal. If we have to go live in our car, I had, I don't care. But then when you start having people, McGarlis and Patrick, and now people, you you feel I'm going to let a lot of people down. But what did God tell Joshua here? I will never fail you. I will never forsake you. If you get something from God's word, not something some lady told you in church, God's word, God is too faithful to fail. If you'll take him at his word and do what he said to do, you never have to worry about him doing his part. Never. I can't do it, but I can't deny that this is God. I prayed that last night at midnight. And by this morning, the city council, I never had a city council ask to meet with me, ever. Okay, so I went, well, then you go. Everybody say roadblocks. Road if you listen to what I'm telling you, it'll, it'll help you in life, because where people get confused is God opens a door, and then there's some kind of hindrance. and they, Well, God opened the door, and then he closed it. No, he's not nuts. Here, walk in. <laughs> but how many know where God closes a door, he opens a window? No, that's not a scripture verse. That's insane. You imagine me inviting Pastor Dean over to my house. Pastor Dean, come over. Shut the door in his face. Hey, windows open. You don't, want, you don't go through windows unless you're a felon. Can you say amen? amen? So what do you do when it seems like a door opens up? And then it seems like there's a hindrance. There's a scripture that the Apostle Paul said. He said, there is before me right now a wide open door, but there are many adversaries. So God opens the door, but there's an enemy. It would almost be like saying, the coach told our team we're supposed to score touchdowns, but when we got on the field, there were 11 guys in other jerseys out there trying to stop us. It's not your coach trying to stop you. There's opposition of the devil. The devil knew that 2,564 people that were completely unchurched, Completely unsafe. One night when my cousin Teddy was leading worship, when he was playing Amazing Grace, there were women standing in full burqas where you could just see their eyes that started to lift their hands and worship and then took their fingers underneath the thing and took the burqa off and began to worship the Lord. The devil knew that was going to happen. So when he sees you start going through the door, he tries to hinder, delay, harass, that kind of stuff. So what am I talking about? I go to meet with the lady that I have an invitation to meet with. Her assistant, for whatever reason, didn't like me. I walk in. Hello. You know, very nice. I had showered that day. Everything. Hello. I'm here to meet with so-and-so. Nice to meet you. You know, super nice. Uh, She's not here. When's she coming back? I don't know. You know, maybe the person, it wasn't that they didn't like me. Maybe it was just Philadelphia. (laughs) Not the kindest city. I was I was waiting in line for cheesesteaks one time in Philadelphia at Gino's. And the guy in front of me goes, when it was his turn to order, he goes, I'll have a Philadelphia cheesesteak. The guy went, You're in Philadelphia, genius. In other words, they're just cheesesteaks here. So the guy says, uh, she's not here. When's she coming back? I don't know. She she might not uh she might not be back for a long time. You know. So I said, uh, there were there were waiting chairs. I said, Does she have to come back to the office? Like, does she have stuff in her office that she has to um, get before she goes home for the day? Yeah. I said, so she'll likely be back at some point today? Yeah. Okay. I said, no problem. So I sat in the waiting room chair because, yeah, if I have to wait till 5 p.m., whatever, it's better than driving to Pittsburgh and making a return trip. So that obviously I'm doing the exact opposite of what he wanted me to do. He's trying to kick me out. It could be a long time. I said, let's get my schedule clear for the day. I actually enjoy it. The chair's very nice. So then he gets irritated and calls. Yeah, there's a guy. What did you say your name was? Oh, okay. He's like, she's coming right now. She, she, uh, you, know, you know how people are. <laughs> so I go meet with her, right? So she comes in, in, in Muslim regalia. And I start thinking, this is the end of this. She must have got the communications crossed. You don't have to have a doctorate in world religions to know Muslims don't help Christians plan crusades. Hey, let's work together <laughs> so she's going to find out she must have thought I'm some kind of like ecumenical God is whatever you want him to be type of preacher when she finds out what kind of preacher I am this thing's over but God just kept shocking me he's been shocking me for, for seven years I'm telling you you serve a God of signs and wonders you serve a God that he'll do things and you'll just leave <laughs> you think you've exhausted your knowledge of God and then he'll do another thing wow what a, what a mighty, we used to sing a song growing up in church. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. So, I'm sitting at the table. Remember Jesus said, anytime you're with officials, don't worry about what you're going to say. For the Lord will get, the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. So I sat quiet. And she said, I don't know what you know about this community, but it's, it's been very hardly, harshly hit by poverty. And uh, she said, she went down all the problems. And then she said, you know, we give, I hadn't said a word. It's been about 35 minutes. We give people diapers, we help people plan their bill pays, but it really doesn't help. And then came up out of my spirit. I said, because what people need is a new heart. She went, that, I never heard it said like that, but that, that's exactly right. I said, well, that, that's my business. I said, Jesus gives people a new heart. And she said, that's what we need here. She said, you know, I feel like you're an answer to my prayers. All right, fine with me. <laughs> I do not think people were praying in mosques. Send Jonathan, Lord. Oh, gracious Allah, send Jonathan. So she said, I, I, I feel like you're an answer to my prayer. I said, I believe that. I said, you're also an answer to my prayer. I said, I've never had anybody in your position invite me. I said, this has to be God. And so she said, uh, would you pray? Just me and her in the office. I said, sure, I'll pray. And so obviously I'm not going to get up and lay hands on her. But from the other end of the table, I said, Father, and I started to pray. And the Lord gave me some things to pray. And I know it was the Lord because when I prayed the second thing, she liked it. I said, Father, I thank you for so and so. I thank you that you brought her into my life. I said, there's not a second one of her. So until this thing takes place, I need you to keep her alive and protect her. I said, secondly, anybody that's trying to cause problems for her in the political realm to remove her from this position, I can't have that. So I ask you to deal with her political. She went, amen, and slid her hand across and put it in my hands. Now I had a friend. (laughs) And then I said, I pray you keep her healthy. In Jesus' name. And when I opened my eyes, I prayed a little more, she was crying. She said, would you mind if I gave you a hug? Uh, you know, I don't know what you're saying, but I just want to... <laughs> She gave me a big hug. She said, This is going to be big. You know what she did? That's why I left her name out, because I don't know if this is legal or not. She put, she got the Democrat mailing uh, list and sent our stuff to everybody in Philadelphia that was in the Democrat voter base. So even the graveyards got invited <laughs> to our crusade. Even. People that died like in 1890 (laughs) were invited twice. That lady, that lady inexplicably, that lady inexplicably flipped and became our crusade director. Now, as much as it hurts in life when people that were supposed to help you hurt you, God will cause people. Then in the natural should want nothing to do with you or even to stop you, and God will flip them by the anointing. And I prophesy in 2023, you will make strange friends that help you along the path of life that God has called you to. Get your eyes off of who's against you. Some ministries, all they focus on are who your haters are, who's against you. I'm telling you, for every hater there is, God will send angels. God will send people. Your help is on the way from heaven during this time of fasting and prayer. God will cause people to smile on you that in the natural have no reason to do so. Can you say amen? amen. Say it out loud. When the door opens, when the door opens. Walk, through. walk through. God's not opening doors to frustrate you. He didn't open up an hour to go on Daystar to bankrupt me. Follow the Holy Ghost and learn. You'll learn as you do it how to tell when it's God and when it's not God. If it feels stressful, If you have to pray in tongues 20 minutes every day when you wake up to get a sound mind, it's not God. If it's wearing you out, it's not God. If you have to force it, it's not God. His yoke is? And his burden is? So, let me just finish that story. Everybody say, good success. success. Well, now I need helpers. So I call, we rented a ballroom at the, at the, uh, Hilton, the city center Hilton in Philadelphia, I'm 34 years old. Now, at this point, if I would, I'm not being, like, humble. I'm telling you the truth. At this point, if I would have rented the Hilton city center ballroom and announced I was going to preach, maybe I'd have 30 people show up, maybe 45 in there. So I think, well, who's going to help put food boxes together and build a platform and usher, you know? And I, we call the meeting. That at this time, we're going to have a meeting for anybody that wants to help in this upcoming crusade in downtown Philadelphia. When I come into the room, there were 327 people there to help. I thought, Lord, I guess from now instead of announcing I'm going to preach, I'm going to say, who wants to come to the inner city and put food boxes together? You know what you realize is Christians want to work. They've been learning and learning and learning, but it's like if there's no evangelistic arm of the church, then there's nothing they're given to do. We might have had, I don't know, but at the Pittsburgh uh, Steel City Fest, this church might have had close to 100% involvement. Everybody was there. Everybody was helping, not attending. They were, they were there. Passing, every kind of thing. That's the church we're raising up here. Do you notice when I played? How many of you were here Sunday morning or saw Sunday morning? Remember I played that video of that prayer revival that went through Pittsburgh and all these cities in America in 1857? What did they say happened immediately? There was a waiting list to teach Sunday school. If you wanted to teach Sunday school at any church, you had to get on a waiting list because everybody wanted to work. One of the things the Holy Ghost does and what revival does, it causes people to be obsessed with the advancement of the kingdom of God. And that's a thing. I think I have my my dad's oldest brother here, my uncle, who's going to be preaching tomorrow night. I don't know. I'd, I'd like to go back and look. Somehow that got into me, being in our family, where it was just... Everything was about ministry. And I, I hear other preacher's kids talking, you know, hey, everything was about church. Yeah, I like that. Because the, 150 years from now, the only thing I can have with me is you and me. So I've taken care of my own soul and yours because people have value. And without Christ, they'll perish. And somebody has to get the gospel to them. And I thought, and I'm not all these names I'm going to say. I like all these people. But at 34, I thought like Greg Laurie can come to um, Philadelphia or Franklin Graham. Somebody's got like a, a ministry and money and TV. and. But Joshua, the time has come for you to lead these people. Enough mourning about Moses. He's not coming back. You're in charge now. It's time to put into the past and forget about it. All your hurts from childhood all the things you worked out differently and realized, it's my time now. Where am I going to go in life? It's not God that determines it. God's already determined it. If he had his way, you'd go high where no eye has seen, where no ear has heard, and what's never running into the heart of man. The devil is too small to do anything about it. He's lost all his power. You, that's why God spoke to Joshua. He didn't say, no, Joshua, I'm trying to get the devil out of your No, Joshua, if you'll make up your mind... To observe and to do. Everybody say observe and do. Not believe in tithing, tithe. Not believe in church attendance. Be like a tree planted in the courts of our God. Not believe that praise and worship is important. With your whole heart, lift him up. With your whole mouth, sing his praise. If you'll do all the terms of the covenant. Then I'll make it where nobody will be able to stand before you as long as you live. So, dealt with the little waiting room assistant. And got through. Well, then we get ready. We, we get all those helpers. Let me tell you another story that, that's coming back to me about this crusade. This one guy that got saved within that year, like a Chuck Ondo type of guy, he got saved. His name's Ed Vargas. He's from Costa Rica. He's a construction worker. He got saved. He, they tell the testimony. His wife was a stripper in, in, in New Jersey across the river from Philly. But they didn't want their daughter to be in public school. So they paid to put her in Christian school. And one day they were having a school event. And they heard about me speaking. So they came and got saved. I still remember when they both came to the altar and gave their life to the Lord. So he wants to help because he's freshly saved. He's, man, you're going into Philadelphia to tell the rest of the people what I got. I want to help. So we rented a forklift. To help load the food. Because we we're going to give out groceries to everybody. When the forklift company found out where we wanted the forklift delivered to. They canceled the contract. So all our workers show up. Because it's too dangerous. Second highest crime in the country at that time. In that section. So Ed takes his money. Goes to his construction team. And he rents his own forklift. For that kingdom endeavor. Wow. See people make different decisions. What? For, that's not his problem. Why didn't he just stand with his arms crossed like everybody else? Oh, man, we're coming, we can't do it. No. oh, there's no. they took the forklift away? I know where I can get one. And he rented it for $600 as a father from another country that, that almost cleaned him out financially. And he did it for the success. Never told anybody. I found out about it after. Do you know on that field, as he was helping with security, as he was watching all those people get saved, the Lord spoke to him and said, I'm going to use you to do this. And today, he pastors River Church in Costa Rica. The church has about 600 people in it. He's been doing crusades. If you get your heart for the kingdom of God, if you get it in your heart to advance God's kingdom, God will take you so high. I'm telling you, it's not a pipe dream. It's real. That guy, Ed, before he started that church in Costa Rica... A door opened up for him to go to Mexico. The city in Mexico that he went to was more like a village. You weren't allowed by the cartels to have church there. There were no churches Catholic, Protestant, nothing. So he went as a construction worker. Pastor Rodney has helped so many people. I don't know where they're going to store all his crowns when he gets to heaven. He's going to have like a Home Depot full of crowns next to his house. He helps everybody. You can't tell him about anything without him getting involved. So he hears about this pastor in Mexico that's got eight kids and a wife, and they're living in a tiny home. So he sends Ed down to build him a nice, like, very nice home. So Ed's building the home, and the home's so nice that it attracts the attention of the cartel. So a hitman comes by, sicario that everybody knows, and he goes, this isn't a church, right? And Ed says, no, it's a house. This isn't a scam, right? You're not going to say this is a house and have a bunch of Christians. No, this is a house for this pastor and his family. He pastors far from here. All right. Guy drives by with sunglasses on all the time. And then one day comes up drunk in the car and says, I need you to come back to my house and pray for me. Well, usually that ends with no one seeing you again. (laughs) And that was Ed's first thought. But Ed said, I felt by the spirit to go. So he goes back to the guy's house and when they get back to the house, the first thing the hitman says to him is, I've asked other preachers to come and pray for me at my house, but no one would come. Hmm. <laughs> you know that there are some prices you pay in society for killing people? People are slow to be a house guest. Want to come over for dinner? I'm good, but thanks for the invitation. He said, you're the, you're the first preacher that would come and pray for me. And he said, uh, my marriage is, is about over. He said, I don't want to lose my wife. Will you pray for me? So Ed takes him by the hands and goes to pray for him. And he throws himself on the ground and starts writhing like a snake and flickering his tongue. Full of the devil. You know, uh, anyway, I won't do the imitation. <laughs> Darting the tongue, the whole thing. slithering. So Ed cast the devil out of him. And when he comes to, he gives Ed a big hug, and then he receives Jesus Christ as Savior. And he said, do you know You know what happened when he was thrown down on the ground like doing that? He said, I saw a vision. He said, Satan was on one side, and Jesus was on the other. And he said, Satan looked, I'll never forget this story. I had him tell it in New Mexico. It happened last, last year, two years ago. He said, Satan looked very angry. And he said, I, what do you want from me? I've given you everything. I've given you homes. I've given you cars. I've given you women. I've given you money. What do you want? I've given you everything. And when Satan got done yelling at him, he said, Jesus looked at me and went, I died for you. And opened his arms. And he said, when he opened his arms, I opened my arms back. And that's when I came to down here. And he received Jesus Christ. So you know what he did? He helped Ed finish the house and then sanctioned the church because he wanted to know about God. And the Sicario that told him he'd kill him if he built a church got the money from the cartel to build a church there so people could come from that village and hear about Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, you serve a mighty God, creator of heaven and earth. When you get on his track, there's nothing. God will move heaven and earth. To find the person that has faith. Say it out loud I serve a mighty God. I serve a mighty God. Say there's no, there's no barrier. He won't smash, he won't smash for, my for my sake. Now lift your hands and begin to thank Him out of your mouth for about 30 seconds. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that in 2023, we kiss failure goodbye. Every place you failed before tonight, you will never know failure again. In Jesus' name. I said, In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. No more failure.
2: Praise God.
0: Hallelujah. You will never know failure again. Your children will never know failure. In Jesus' name, I will give you good success, says the Lord. You can be seated. So, that's the guy that uh, did that with the forklift, never told anybody. He found out about it later. Now he has his own huge ministry. And uh, the final hurdle was the state representative from that part of Philadelphia, when he found out that we were going to preach the Bible, he this is. I learned something then. They were cool with giving out food. They were cool with music, but they, when they found out you were going to preach out of the Bible, the guy flipped out. Then I'm taking the permit away. So then, once you get now, you realize why so many ministries that start out as Bible preaching ministries end up as just bottled water distribution, blankets to the homeless, because that doesn't. That doesn't destroy the power structure of the devil that keeps those people bound. But the gospel of Jesus Christ will actually destroy the hold of the devil on that person. And I made a note when that happened. I thought, okay, well, if that's what ticks the devil off, then then we'll do that more. So the guy said, we're going to yank the permit. Now, the Bible says never sue a brother in Christ. But this is different because that's illegal. If you rent the park to anybody, you have to rent it to everybody. And I'm, I'm saying this part because this needs to be in the modern-day Christian. They told us we can't have church. They, that's illegal. That's illegal. That's against the Constitution. That's against the Constitution in California. That's against the Constitution in Pennsylvania. So you don't allow, even Paul, when they were going to beat him, said, is it legal for you to whip a Roman citizen without... Now, he took his beatings when he had to, but when it was illegal... He used the law, so you don't sue Christians. You know, I'm not telling you a story, but I sued my neighbor because he built a shed on uh, an inch over my my line. But if you're going to try to keep the gospel out, I'm going to fight, and the way you fight in America is legally, because they don't really they don't like duels too much anymore. In the old days, you just do a duel. So, I told that guy, I said, I'm going to sue you. I'll sue you till the park is named after me. I didn't even have a lawyer or anything. I didn't even have money to pay for the crusade. But I thought, well, while I'm going down in flames, I might as well just go down swinging. And so he sneered. (laughs) So he gets back to us. He finds out, yes, he can't keep us out of the park. By the way, this is 10 days before it's going to start. And I knew if I canceled this, this is the first one I ever did. No one, I'll never have 300 volunteers again. You just are untrustworthy. So there's a lot on the line here. This one has to work. Okay, you're right. I can't keep you from using the park. But the old price was $7,500 for the permit. The new price is $40,000 plus an $8,000 cleaning fee. That park hadn't been cleaned since the 18th century, just so you know. There were crack pipes made out of cast iron laying on the ground. That's how old it was. So, okay, he can do that. That was the legal max he could charge. I learned another lesson that day. That's how Satan tries to squeeze the church. Money. Tries to force you out of every arena economically. And I thought, okay, then let's just find out. It already looks like I'm going to crash. And this is what I thought at the time, and I I hope this gets over into your spirit. What do I want to do here? Do I want to sit on a porch one day when I'm 80 and think, what if I really went for it when I was 35? I mean, just and just saw whether I flamed out or not. Do I want to play it safe? Well, you know, okay, we'll cancel the crusade, and that way, then I won't have to spend all that money anyway. No. Let's just see. Now, if this thing fails, now I know. I'll say, okay, I preached all this stuff about how God will help me and all that, and I overestimated myself and my God, so I'll back off from now on. No. Let's see whether you can step out on the word of Jesus and walk on water or not. So when he said it's going to be 48000 I mouthed off and said, no problem. Now, it was a major problem, just so you know. But I said, <laughs> I just knew, like I'm telling you, in that second, I knew what the devil wanted my reaction to be. Oh, we're a church. We're, you know, I'm only uh, he 34. Want, he wanted to hear me grovel okay, sure, sure. as somebody with the Abrahamic blessing. So I said, oh, no problem. Would you like it in gold, diamonds, or cash? I didn't have any of the three, so it didn't make any difference to me. Tell me how you would like to not receive payment. <laughs> and he sneered. So I, I, my next meeting is at a youth camp. I had preached that youth camp several times. You get $1,600. I need $137,000, dollars in 10 days. So what do you do? I could take the 1600 and then just gripe about it. I babe, paid somebody 1600 And there's no way for it to get It's all youth, teenagers. There's no offerings being taken. It's impossible. But there's one way I know that works, the law of sowing and reaping. So one night when I was preaching and I was fasting, anytime I've gotten a hard spot, I like fasting. I like pressing all the buttons. It's like when you're losing at video games, you start mashing everything. (laughs) Prayer, fasting, giving, worship, hit them all. So I'm preaching at this youth camp and I'm in it, man. I'm in like 13, 14 days real serious fast. And the gift of faith came on me and I felt like giving. I said, uh, the, 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 the keyboard player was anointed. He would play behind me while I was preaching. I said, you know, no, I know what I did first. I said, Doug Sayers, he was the district youth director. I said, you know, he had me preach here when I was 19. I said, who in their right mind risked their whole ministry to have a 19-year-old Bible college student come preach? And he had me preach this camp. And that helped me. I said, when he had me do that, other pastors just assumed I was credible because he gave me his credibility and they started having me in. I said, this year is his 25th anniversary. I said, come down. And everyone clapped for him. I said, I'm going to give you $2,500, $100 for each year. I said, I'm sorry it can't be $25,000. But maybe as the Lord tarries, one day I can honor you at, at that level. Well, how much am I getting for the camp? 1600 Thankfulness is an ingredient to explosive increase. There pay me 1600 How am I supposed to do anything? No. How about, I said, instead of thinking of that, I thought, it's an honor that I get to preach here. You believed in me. You actually opened a lot of doors for me. And I've never done anything to thank you. So... You're going to give me $1,600 for this camp. I'm going to give you $2,500. That's minus $900 for the week. And I need $143. So now I need $143.9. And then I thought, well, if you're going to go broke, might as well go super broke. I said to the keyboard player, I said, you're anointed. You go to Bible college? Yeah. I said, I'm going to give you $500 for helping me this week. He fell out. If you tell a Bible college student you're going to give him $500, they go out. I don't even know if it's the power or not. They just pass out. 500 for you. I gave 500 to another musician. No, 1,000 for the keyboard player. That's 35. Five for the bassist. Five for the drummer. That's 4,500. 250 to the sound man and 250 to one of the helpers at the youth camp that had just graduated Bible college that had coffee waiting for me every day when I'd come and preach that he made in a pour over. So I just blessed everybody I could. I go home. I go back to my little speaker cabin. You know, it feels so good in the moment. Then, then, as it starts to lift, you think, What the heck? <laughs> you, you're the dumbest person in shoes. <laughs> I lay down on my speaker cabin bed and I get a text message from Pastor Greg Bruce in St. Louis. I just felt, he'd never done it before. I felt to send your ministry $8,000. So he sends $8,000. There's eight. Then, Another guy from Oklahoma that was in his early 80s that I had lunch with one time, I never told him my name, let alone that I'm an evangelist. He was the keyboardist at Kenneth Hagin's meetings. And I, when I found that out, I said, tell me some of the things you saw at that meeting. So he told me. Somehow, he was praying in the morning, and he said, I wanted to send some money. He sent 25000 There's 33. Then, with five days to go, I go preach in Texas. And the pastor, before the meeting started, said, I wanted to give you a check before the meeting started. He said, and he didn't know. I hadn't told a soul about anything. He said, I wanted to give you a check to help you with that crusade you're doing in Philadelphia. He said, I believe in that. And he handed it to me. I said, thank you. He said, look at it. When people want you to look at it, it's a lot of money. When it's folded like an origami giraffe, it's a tiny bit of money. When people start apologizing for it before they even give it to you, listen, this, I'm very just want to apologize on behalf of me and my family for how small this is. <laughs> you know, whatever you give, you should be proud of it. Yeah. I hate when people say, because I'll tell these stories, and people say, listen, I know people have given you a million dollars before. This is Don't ever apologize for your seat. If it's the thing the Lord spoke to you to give, give it with pride, because it's your best. <laughs> so, he said, I want you to look at it. I said, okay. You know... Th- It's easy to read numbers until it's a big number on a check written to you. Then you're like unbelief kick saying, why is there a comma there? What what are these series of zeros? So I open it, 100,000. So I called Magalas up. Where's Magalas? On the bathroom. Very specific knowledge of where she is. That's twins for you. My, my wife knew just by like word of mouth. In the bathroom with Anna, stall two. So I called McGonness up because I didn't know what to do. I was like stunned. So I said, Hey, McGonness, look at this. Well, you know, white people in Puerto Ricans generally react to things differently. When I saw 100,000, I froze. When she saw 100,000, holy moly. She looked like the Tasmanian devil. There were hoop earrings everywhere. like she won a game show. <laughs> Hugging people. The devil tried to squeeze me for an extra $41,000. And God gave me 133 in 10 days, supernaturally. Walk through the open door. Walk through the open door. Walk through the open door. You don't have to do it in your strength. You don't have to do it with your power. God is waiting to see who will move through the open door. Do we have any people tonight that are willing to say, God, I'll go to the next level. I'll do what I don't have the capacity to do if you promise you'll keep your word. You can be seated again briefly. I'll I'll let you go soon. Well, you knew when all that happened, a lot was going to happen. So because I had never done anything like this before, I started to think, okay, all these miracles happen, we can have the crusade now. Who's going to show up? No one knows me. No one comes to my church meetings. These are non-church people. Hey, want to come hear me preach? mm <laughs> And while I'm laying on my hotel room bed wondering if anybody's going to show up, let me tell you how much unbelief I had. I actually was thinking, at least we'll have 300 volunteers so if no one shows up we can just like pack them in real close, take tight angle photos. That's what I was thinking. And then Tiffany Farley that was our photographer back then starts blowing up my phone with text message pictures of 2,200 people in line before the event started to come and hear the gospel. And I felt good. Then I thought, yeah, you got to deal with the, your brain. Yeah, you got now. You got two thousand people here, but as soon as you come up there in your little sport jacket and crack a Bible open, they're out of here. They're gonna enjoy the music, and you're gonna get up to preach, and they're all gonna scatter. When I got up to preach, Teddy had broken it through. People were all worshiping, and then when I opened my Bible, instead of scattering, the people that weren't Close, all started to move in. And I preached for five nights a different aspect of Jesus every night. Christ the burden bearer, Christ the soon coming king, Christ the healer, Christ the Messiah. I can't remember what the fifth one was. Christ the good shepherd. And then you give the altar going, no one's going to come forward. They're just going to nod their head like we enjoyed the sermon. I'm not getting sick. And then you give the invitation, and you, it's easier to count how many people didn't come to the altar than how many people came and then get radically changed. And then I told you that part about, trying to hold it together. Then, then I told you that part about Ed because another thing that I prayed, anybody ever hear of the evangelist T.L. Osborne? Yeah. He had an unusual thing that accompanied his ministry, which was people that were Christians that would attend his meetings would get called into the ministry and have major ministries like Robert Kayanja was 19 in his meeting. He's got the biggest church in Uganda. It's like anywhere he went there, would be like somebody would get touched. And I had prayed, Father, don't just let people get saved. I pray that you would raise out of every one of these meetings, somebody would get impacted by this and go be a crusade evangelist. And that's where Ed was watching all those people, 700 and some came forward on opening night. And he saw it and the Lord dropped him in his tracks. He was, he's a smart guy because he didn't quit his construction job when he went to Bible college. He was the foreman or or like above the foreman. So they didn't know he wasn't at the job most of the time. So he just never, he just ran everything in Philadelphia from his cell phone. And then if he had to fly up on Southwest, he'd do it after class. Never told anybody he left. He was rolling in money as a Bible college student. Smart guy. Then he goes to Mexico and now Costa Rica. He has a building. The president invited him to meet with him. He's, he's younger than me. He's in his 30s. The, when the president found out he served that church, he invited him. Then the top, the head of the national TV station cleared space three times a week for him to preach to the people of Costa Rica. He left Costa Rica like Kofi left Ghana, a, a, a devout heathen, in no way served the Lord. And he went back like Kofi goes back, full of the fire of God to shake that place. It's not how you start in life. It's how you finish. Because I can tell you a lot of people on the flip side that me and Teddy Jr. have known that had great dads and started off on fire. And today, they're on their way to hell. Don't worry about where you messed up. I wish I'd have heard this 10 years ago. Well, you didn't, but you're hearing it now. And somehow God used all the things that happened these last years. With the lockdown, people are awake. Did you know? Church attendance is the highest in America right now than it ever has been in American history. That came out yesterday. 52% of Protestant Christians go to church every Sunday. Not go to church, go to church every Sunday. That's the highest it's ever been. The devil is not going to write the last chapter of the United States. God and his family are going to write the last chapter. Do you know why they're not gonna be able to turn this into a third world nation? Because you're here. Because you own a business. You know how to run it right. You're gonna walk around with your chin dragging on the floor, can't get anybody to work. No, God will send you workers. Same way he sent me 133 grand out of thin air. I hadn't taken that in a year of preaching 46 weeks every night taking offerings. What you can't do in a year, God can do in two days. And God's not stupid. It's one of the things I'm most thankful for. We don't serve a stupid God. We serve an extremely intelligent God. You think God didn't know how much that crusade was going to cost? He knew. You think he didn't know that bozo was going to try to nix the meeting and raise the price? He knew before that guy was ever born what he was going to do to prevent the gospel. He doesn't care. God has more money than that under his couch cushions. God was thinking, 48000 what an insult. At least make it a challenge here. Can you say amen? <laughs> you like that from Illinois. He's a big God. I said he's a big God. Get on his path. God will make you big in your generation. Like he made Billy Graham big. Without you trying, just get on his flow. Be the best business in Pittsburgh. When you have success, thank God for it and then get the instructions to go even higher. Can you say amen? If you're 70, you're not old. If you're 80, according to, to uh, Wharton Business School, you're in the second most produc- productive um, right. decade that there is in life. Number one is 70 to, uh, uh, 60 to 70, then 70 to 80. And 80 plus, I think, is third. So I, I'm sorry for whoever told you life's over at 55 and you start winding down and letting the new generation. I don't know if you've seen the new generation. Keep your hands on the reins for a little while. <laughs> You know, the head of 84 Lumber, Mr. Hardy, I was talking to somebody that works with him. He's 99 and a half, might have turned 100 by now. He's about to turn 100, if he hasn't already. He's overseeing three major projects right now, and he's on the site every day. Going on 100. Building new things. Can you say amen? Amen. There's people that do it. These aren't fake stories. You can die at 58 if you want. Even if you're not dead, start dying. Yeah, I done every, you know. No. Say it so the devil can hear you. I'm just getting warmed up, baby. I'm taking life now. No promise that Jesus won't have come back by 2024. Whatever you're going to do, do it. Moses, my servant, is dead. It's your time. I just wish Smith Wigglesworth was a lot. He's not, so he's not, he's not going to be. It's your time. God has you doing 21 days of prayer and fasting not so you can be a skinnier failure. Can you say amen? amen. Say the best is yet to come. Play what happened in Philadelphia now that everybody knows the backstory, because this was all new to me. Isn't that awesome? 2,564 people received Jesus Christ that week. Before we pray, let me tell you one last thing. So then I go Tuesday night. Your mind always working. I thought, okay, this is great. Now it's going to end Thursday, and then what do I do? Have one meeting in Philadelphia for the rest of my life? I want to keep doing these. But I couldn't make this one happen. You did it. So help me. Help me get another one. I go that night, as I finish praying, and David Farina, 80 years old now, standing there. I get out of the car. I said, Brother Farina, you don't have to come here. It's 97 degrees out. You don't have to hear me preach. You're you're already doing pretty well. He said, I didn't come to hear you preach. The Lord gave me a word for you. He had never given me a word before. I lifted my hands. He said, the Lord says, because you've gone after people that nobody wants, he's now going to begin to send you the people that everyone wants. Very quickly, a mayor is going to come and beg you to come to his city. And that will be the next place where you do one of these. When I finished preaching that night, the night he gave me the word, a man ran around the stage, past security, and grabbed me. This is awesome. Look at this. This is awesome. You have to come and do this at my city. I got ready to tell him because we had been having tons of people say, now do this at our city. But they don't have any power to make anything happen. So I got ready to tell him that. You know, well, find out whoever's in charge of your city. He went, I'm the mayor of Vineland, New Jersey. I'll give you any venue you want. I'll give you any permits you want. Just promise that you'll come. And when he said, promise you come, he gripped me, so it was like a threat. (laughs) New Jersey politics. I said, I'll come. That guy opened it up. We had 4,000 opening night, which was our record up until Newark. That was 908 people. Received Jesus Christ on opening night in a city of 60,000. That's where we got a, a commendation from. Now, that guy in Philly gave us problems. In Vineland, they gave us a commendation from the city officially for faithfulness in presenting the gospel of Jesus Christ in both word and deed. Some places, read it with Jesus. Read it with Paul. Some places love you. Some places fight you. But either way, God said, don't worry about it. Wherever you put your foot, whether they like you, whether there's enemies, I will give you good success. I tell you one final time tonight. Wherever you met failure before, wherever you hit barriers before, this year will not be a repeat of any previous year. You're going to have the best year that you've ever had. Not by hope, not by luck, not by positive thinking, because the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob knows your name and is going to honor you for honoring him. If you receive that with me, stand up on your feet. Give the Lord Jesus the biggest hand clap that you've ever given anybody. Come on, give Jesus a great big hand clap and shout. Somebody shout a living hallelujah. hallelujah. Say it right out loud. The Lord is good, the Lord is good. and his mercy endures forever. Now, I can't deal with this every night, but I want not be wrong to. I'm not saying it to be mean or rebuking or negative. There are many people, as of right now, if God gave you the big thing you were asking for, Your mind, like it was doing to me for Philadelphia, will find a way. And you shrink back. The same way God parted the Red Sea, showed them the promised land, spoke with a voice from heaven. And they still found ten spies. We're not able to take the country. And two spies, Joshua and Caleb. If, yes, there are giants in the land. Say it. There are giants in the land. Yeah, you don't wilt when you see opposition never mistake a challenge for a defeat Paul said there's a wide open door but there's many adversaries so when the adversaries come God will give you a million ways different every time how to one-up them can you say amen Amen. say I'm anointed to have good success No no failures I ran my mouth too much so I didn't have time to get into the rest of the message That's why in Joshua chapter 6, when they lost the battle of Ai, Joshua threw himself face down on the ground and said, what happened? What's the problem? When he experienced a defeat, what would he have done if he was an American believer? Well, we've been having victories for six straight chapters. Makes sense that we'd eventually have a failure. No, any failure, he immediately, something's wrong. What is it? Because God said, we'll never lose a battle if we do what's right. I want you to treat failure like that. Don't adopt the mantras of American Christianity. I mean, no, failure comes to all of us. Speak for yourself, captain of the failures. Success and victory belongs to me because it's part of my covenant with God. And I tell you as your pastor, success and victory belong to you. Say it out loud. Success is not my ambition. It's my birthright. Say, I'm redeemed to have good success. Not just success, good success. Good success. Not just reaching the top, reaching the top free from alcoholism, with your marriage intact, with your children serving the Lord. Somebody say, Good success not having to sacrifice your family for success the blessing of the lord makes a man rich and he i prophesy in jesus name not only will you have success in 2023 you'll have no sorrow sorrow free success it's not your ambition it's your birth rate. in jesus name now It's my mode of operation to line everybody up and lay hands on them at this point. But seeing as it's prayer and fasting, I'll do you a disservice. I wanna open up the next five minutes for you to lift your hands and begin to engage God in prayer. This is prayer and fasting. I'm gonna go through the door that you open. Thank you for opening doors. The same way you open the door for Adalis to be on an international television tomorrow when she's never been on local TV. Talk about skipping a few steps. And your husband can come too if he wants. Amen. The same way God did that for her, He's going to open doors for you. And when He does, it's not if I can or I'm going to try. Go through the open door. Can you say Amen? Proud of you. Proud of all the youth that are here. Proud of all the young. Proud of all the dads and moms that are here. I'm proud to see God's great family in church on again worshiping God and seeking his faith now the kingdom of God suffereth violence and the violent take it by force let's take what belongs to us by blood covenant in prayer go ahead lift your hands and begin to pray <laughs> every barrier every obstacle every wall you're going to go past all of them in Jesus name in the name of Jesus open doors new open doors thank you Father the Roscon di Aramondo in di Aramatia Voscon di Arametie na mo proco e candia na mondie Voscon di Aramondo ie di Aramatia candia no este e di Aramapa proco toschon di Arametie Father will open we'll walk through the doors that you open we believe you thank you that our time is now thank you that this time is now to possess our possessions and take our inheritance. Thank you that 2023 will not be a repeat of 2022. Thank you that the best is yet to come. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for overflow. Push it for two more minutes. Push it for two more minutes. No more failure. No more backward steps. No more valleys. No more defeat. In Jesus' name. No more failure. No more backward steps. No more cycles of rising and falling thank you for your help thank you for your favor thank you for your goodness now with your hands lifted just begin to thank the Lord that he's heard you thank him that he's answering you thank him that he's taking you to the top Thank you, Lord Jesus. Into your homes, I I loose the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Into your homes to break you out of where you are now. Into your trailer, into your apartment, into your hospital bed. In Jesus' mighty name. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we prayed and worshiped and everybody said, give the Lord the biggest handclap of celebration. Like you know you already have it. For the battle is not yours. Somebody shout hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here, or if you're watching on YouTube, whatever app you're on, and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you must do that tonight. Nothing I preach works until you're born again. Until you're born again, you're under the curse. You're in the kingdom of darkness, and the devil can do whatever he wants to you at any time. You have no help from heaven. But you can kiss him goodbye tonight say you and I have no further business I'm coming over to the winning side maybe there's just one area in your life you need to surrender and that's been the thing holding you back I want to give you the opportunity to do that those of you watching on the internet those of you that are here if you say Jonathan I want to submit my life to Jesus Christ I want to receive him as my Lord and Savior I believe he's the son of God but I haven't received him and I'm receiving him as the son of God today If you're going to do that today, I want you to put your hand up high and wave it at me, and we're going to pray in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. If there's no one in the room, then those of you that are watching online that want to do that, pray this with me right now. Heavenly Father, I turn my back on sin. I repent. I believe in my heart. You raised Jesus from the dead. I confess with my mouth. Jesus is Lord and my Savior. Right now, I receive forgiveness by the blood of Jesus. I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, welcome to the family of God. Your sins are forgiven, and you have a home in heaven. I want to hear from you, so if you would, they're going to put something on the bottom of the screen. Go to RevivalToday.com and click I Just Got Saved. When you fill that out, I'm going to send you a Bible and other materials to help you live the Christian life, and I really look forward to hearing from you, for real. This is, uh, to me, it's the most important thing and the thing I like the most. So looking forward to hearing from you and then seeing you in person. Now, for everybody else that's watching and those of you that are here, the second half of this week is a huge week. Evangelist Ted Shuttlesworth Sr. will be ministering tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, and that is a healing and faith banquet. So if you're, two things. If you desire healing, tomorrow's your night. If you know people who need healed and desire healing, tomorrow is a service to get them to. And if they say something like, I can't get it, just remind them that they never have a problem getting to any doctor's appointments. And this is an appointment to meet with Dr. Jesus. So bring people that are sick and hurting, and God's going to meet them here. How many of you believe that with me? Then, how many of you believe that with me? Yeah. Amen. And then uh, Thursday, me again. Friday, Dr. Jesse Duplantis will be here at 7 o'clock. All seats are free. There's no ticket price, nothing like that. And uh, I want to invite all you that are watching online. We had right around 4,500 people that have registered to be a part of prayer and fasting. Part of that registration is a challenge to be here in person at least three of the days. So I know you can't move to Pittsburgh for three weeks, but uh, three days. These will not be the worst three days to pick. My Uncle Ted, so like if you only like me a little bit, then you get my Uncle Ted, me, and then Dr. Jesse. So that's a a pretty good three-shot burst. And um, I look forward to seeing you, and we have all the people here from all different states, and we're so glad that you're here and honored that you're here. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Then all-night prayer. When Dr. Jesse concludes, we'll pick up around 11 and uh, pray through the night like we did three times. we do three times last year? Two times last year. Twice. Then this year we'll do three times. January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September. Those are going to be the three months, Lord willing. How many of you have been blessed tonight? Amen. Be seated briefly. We're going to give you an opportunity to sow seed, those of you that are online as well. If the Lord speaks to you to sow tonight, I want you to just do a very simple thing. I want you to mark it, no more failure. On the memo of the check, I want you to sew to it, or I'll give you a second thing. You can put open door, new open door. I'm not going to beat my head against the same wall I've been beating it against for five years. I'm going to a tangible next level, like a dollar says tomorrow. That's going to open a lot of doors for her. And I'm not looking for her to open doors, and neither is she. But they open anyway. It's impossible to develop your gift and it not make room for you. So that's what's happening with her, and I'm glad she's letting me tag along. Amen. Here's the ways you can give. If you're watching online, I I want you to take a little time and think. What seed would the Lord have you to sow that would be a a level-changing seed? No more failure or open doors. Your pick. And I want you to sow with that in mind. RevivalToday.com. Click Give Now. So if you have Daystar Television, tomorrow at noon Eastern time, you can watch Adalas on live. And... uh, you're watching in Texas, Central Time Zone, 11, 11 a.m. West Coast, 9 a.m. You say, what about mountain people? Do the math. Amen. 10 a.m. All our friends in Montana and Idaho. Praise the Lord. Offering envelopes are in your back seat or you can also give online here at RevivalToday.com and click Give Now. How many of you have enjoyed... Uh, sister and brother Jackson. Sorry that I called you Haddon. I'm not trying to divorce you. The the Jacksons. (laughs) Haven't they done a great job? Leading us in the presence of the Lord, all the musicians. Great job. Well, 21 day fast sounds like an eternity, but we hit the midway point tomorrow night. And uh, to me, it's weird. I used when I was younger, if you hit day 10, it was like, whew, we're almost halfway. Now I kind of feel like I only got half left. I don't want to, like, push it and really capitalize on this. Uh, Wednesday night, Wednesday is going to be our day of fasting for the rest of the year as this church body. So that will be 52 Wednesdays, and then the 21 days we fast as a church. So that's well over a tithe of the year plus an offering. And uh, that's good. That will please the Lord. A mistake I used to make early on is I'd go on a long fast at the beginning of the year and then never do it again and it's like exercising real hard in January, February, and March, and then not from April through December. It's like the same thing spiritually. It's better actually to stay on a consistent thing, and uh, that's what we're going to do as a church this year. So, just giving you fair warning. (laughs) Amen? How long are you down for, Brother Rick? Stay one more day. All right, well, then I won't say bye tonight. That's my friend, Brother Rick, drove here from South Dakota with his wife. And drove to New Mexico in December to be in that meeting. Guys, something else. I'm gonna have my, uh, the ushers will receive the offering in a second. I'm gonna have my Uncle Ted, who's gonna be ministering tomorrow, night, greet you and give you a prayer of dismissal and uh, whet your appetite for what's in store tomorrow. Please give the warmest hand clap you can to one of God's great servants.
2: Praise God. Well, I greet everybody. And uh, tomorrow, the Lord willing, I've been praying. I felt like God gave me a revelation on something. I've never preached this before or ministered it uh, that I know of. But uh, I'm going to deal with how to uh, accelerate healing. How to accelerate healing. So if uh, you will, I want you to make plans to be with us. And I feel the assurance of the Lord. We're going to see many things take place. I've been praying every day for my brother that's in the wheelchair back at the room at night. This is not going to be your final position. Amen. And I've been stretching my faith for people. How many of you have somebody that needs some kind of a breakthrough miracle? Sometimes we used to call them notable miracles. And this is what I believe God's going to do for everybody in this final hour, which is he's going to break every uh, bondage, every uh, uh, oppression. I just finished a new book called Ministering to the Oppressed. And in that, the Lord spoke to me. Uh, Oh, you have one. Praise the Lord. He spoke to me that it starts with the sound of deliverance and praise coming out of our spirit. So many churches, their music's dead, their worship's dead. You start turning around looking for a casket coming down the aisle. But entheos, which is the word we have from the Bible for praise, means fleshly demonstrations of joy and when that gets in your flesh and you begin to demonstrate that the entheos prays to god it literally quickens the molecules in your flesh i can prove it from scripture if that same spirit that raised christ jesus from the dead when he dwells in you he shall quicken your mortal body And I've been in meetings where that quickening anointing comes. You can tell it. And I've seen it many times. And when it does, I was in a meeting, six different people in wheelchairs to the left of the platform. When it came in, they all got up. One woman, a Chinese lady, her daughter brought her. Hadn't walked in 20 years. She ran right across the tent. And her daughter followed her with the wheelchair trying to get her mother to get back in. And her mother... Say no, it was a quickening anointing. I I believe that anointing is going to be here tomorrow night. A quickening. Everybody say quickening. Anointing is going to get into my molecules. (laughs) Amen. I've seen it. I believe it. It will happen. Amen. So Father, in anticipation of your great things that you've already planned. We thank you right now in the name of Jesus, the head of the church, that you're walking up and down the streets and the avenues of Coriopolis and Lord McKee's Rocks and Pittsburgh and Bridgeville and all around this region. Carnegie, you're walking with laughter in your spirit and victory in your eyes that Pittsburgh and the greater area shall be visited in the last hour like never ever before go with every one of us we thank you for safe travels home Lord we pray you block out the smell of every fast food restaurant coming in our car and everybody said amen (laughs) good night
0: hey this is Jonathan Shuttlesworth I want to thank you for listening to my podcast or if you're listening to my wife's Thank you on her behalf. If you want to be more than just a casual listener and stand with us as we take the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, go to RevivalToday.com and click Give Now and be a part of the 1,000 monthly partners that we're believing for. I have a special gift that I'll send to you today, and I'll say thank you in advance. Until next time, thanks for listening. See you later.